so you are contemplating or you have just started investing in rental properties. When I say rental properties, hear me out. I'm saying multiple unit, multifamily, more than three units in one building, whether it's three, five, seven, 10, 20. I want to talk to you about real estate investing as it pertains to multifamily properties. I want to talk to you about being a landlord, being a property manager, how to deal with your tenants, do's and don'ts. I had a lot of success at it. I did it for a very long time. And a, a lot of things play into that. Okay, first of all, take a step back and 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 talk about what should you be looking for, right? Um, you know, for me and for most of us, I got in the real estate game, the real estate business with a little bit of money. Um, worked my job, trying to take my family to a different level. Didn't have any real access to any significant capital, really any capital, but I wanted to get in. So I said to myself, you know what? I got decent credit. I'm going to go to a lender and borrow the money to buy a three-family property. That was my my first deal, right? I'm not living in one of the units. So, uh, you know, for people go, man, I'm buying one. I'm living on one side and and I'm doing a duplex and somebody's living on the other side. They're paying half my mortgage. Congratulations. Uh, You know, I wasn't looking to do that. I wasn't looking just to say, I was trying to take my family to a different level. I'm not saying it's a terrible place to start. And if you go like, dude, I love living here. Why not take 900 bucks from them every month? I, I'm not arguing with you. Mine was, I never lived in any of them with anybody. Um, I was trying to find a better place to live and have a really nice um, place for me and my family. Okay. So early on, <clears throat> I understood it would be the hardest. For you, it's going to be the hardest earliest okay so this is the other thing about the business is a lot of the men and women that are good at it dude they just stayed in it at the beginning if you borrow the money your carrying costs will be higher because you'll have less to put down you'll have really no record of how long you've been doing this right so it's gonna be hard to shop rates if you will right um the property management you're new to it so you're not going to know the things you'll know in a year two three five and some of those things i'm trying to share with you today and hopefully get you to understand them And you're really going to end up having two choices when you start. Either you're going to acknowledge my rule has been when I had no capital, I let my sweat equity work for me. That was my capital. Always my rule. When I was in construction, I did a lot of hands-on stuff until I could phase out of that. When I got into life insurance, I sold a ton of life insurance as a personal producer before I could build a business to phase out of that. When I bought, started buying investment properties, multifamily, multifamily properties, I did all the property management on my own. I did as much of the maintenance on my own as I could. Um, if it required a license, electrical, plumbing, I had people I knew, but I kind of bartered with things that they did. So I had a real estate license. A lot of them were in real estate so or, or, or played a role in it. So I'd be like, hey, man, y'all list your house. I'll cut, like, I worked things out with them because I didn't have much capital. Let my sweat equity work for me, okay? Um, And some of the things you just have no choice, right? Like, I didn't have the money to hire these services to do all these background checks and everybody. I didn't. I also, to be honest, quite frank with you, um, after doing it for a very long time and having worked at the state of Connecticut as a social worker for so many years, I mean, people's backgrounds are important as it pertains to them paying their bills and their rental history. If their criminal background does not include harming a child or, you know, 
for a guy harming a woman. I, I'm really not that interested in it, to be honest with you. I'll be straight up with you. I'm just not trying to be, I, you know, you, you had some problems. You, you had some alcohol, drug-related stuff. You know, you, 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 you had some, got, you got in a fight with a guy and there was an assault. I, I, it's not that it's not important to know things about people because I think it is. But that was not my deciding factor. I also believe that people grow, people make changes, like it is what it is. Um, I did want to know any background as it pertained to the rental history. But I learned early on, and everything I know I learned. I learned because somebody told me or I learned because I observed. So sometimes people were doing things they didn't know I was a student at the time. Like I was part of it. I was there, doing, but I would stop and watch. So early on when I was doing a lot of construction or a lot of work in these multifamily properties and the landlord would talk to the tenant, I would listen. Like I didn't even really know either one. Landlord hired my boss who I worked for. So it's not like I was like, hey man, do you mind if I listen to what you're saying, Ed? I didn't do that. But when Ed showed up and Ed started talking to tenants, I would just kind of like, I do my work, but I was listening. What did he say? What didn't he say? And then what I would do when I saw Ed on the job site, I'd be like, hey man, if you don't mind me asking, it's always a, if you don't mind me asking, you don't mind me asking. And I learned a lot from probably three or four really successful real estate investors in my space, in my in my area, I should say. And they were in my space. And some of them had gotten bigger than I may have ever gotten. I got bigger than most of them, but they gave me a lot of really good information, okay? So the first thing you have to understand is when you're looking to acquire the property, what's the worst thing that can happen in your very first deal? Break even. You listen. If there's anything that you think remotely gives you a legitimate chance to lose money every month, I wouldn't do it. Meaning, if it's got four units and the the going rate, like you can you can charge eight hundred bucks per, it's thirty two hundred. You know your carrying cost. If you're you are you're financing, it's going to cost you two G's a month. Um, you start looking at maintenance. I you have to look at the town. Are there fees? Trash? Are you going to mow the lawns? I mowed my lawns. I shoveled my snow in Connecticut. I plowed my drop. Like early on, I had to do a lot of that because I didn't have. So I, so when you're running your numbers, know that when you become an investor, you'll really be an employee early on. And that's what drives most people away. They get involved and they're two months into it. And they're like, this isn't very passive. You're right. It's not very passive yet because you haven't earned the right for it to be passive. That's a rite of passage. Early on, it's active. I was my property manager. I did a lot of the maintenance. Like, you, know, you can argue I was a maintenance guy. I was the one that was the landlord. Took the So I, I was very hands-on. My phone rang at 11 o'clock at night. It was a problem with it. I did that for probably four years until I hired a property management company, maybe longer. But I had to earn my way there. What scares most people away is the work. So you start running your numbers and take worst-case note. Now, how, what is a, what's the occupancy going to be on it? You know, listen, you have to do your research. You have to talk to plenty of people. You have to talk to real estate agents. You have to look at what's out there for inventory. You can go in anybody, say, pull up everything on the listing or go in, and now everything is online, right? The information's at your fingertips. Back in the day, that wasn't necessarily the truth 30 years ago, but it is now. You can post in a lot of these rental places and see what kind of response you get. What's the going rate? Why would they rent yours over somebody else's? What do you have to offer? How can you list it? You know, I remember I ran that. It was like, Great school system. Guy called me and said, you can't do that. And I was like, what do you mean? So you can't do that based on da-da-da, your real estate license. I'm like, so I can't put, he's like, no, you can't. They went through the whole thing. I was like, wow, but I learned what I could, or even if the, even if we thought the school system was great, couldn't do it. 
So I did a lot of that on my own, which is what you're going to have to do. So the first couple are going to be hands-on. And then your goal after the first few is you're going to get smarter when you buy them, right? Um, you want to have the buying power. There's a lot. There's a big difference between everybody said to me, why did your, you know, I'm like I was shown this guy one day, all my properties I bought over all these years. And he's like, man, you were paying so much more per unit and square foot then. I was like, I know because I was borrowing the money. I had literally very little negotiating ability because my deal had to be higher significantly than a guy or girl that had cash. I didn't have cash. So you knew the bank. There was, probably an, there was definitely an appraisal, probably inspections. So I didn't start buying right until probably my seventh or eighth when I was cat, like I had the cash. So I could call you up and you could list it for, you know, 420 grand for five units. I could look at it and say, I really don't want to pay more than 350. I got cash. I know it needs some work. I looked at the roof. I went for states that have, I went through the basement, see if there's water, right? Checked out the electrical, ran all the water, showers, everything for quite some time to see if there's any leaks. Looked for water damage, looked for mold damage. The rest of it, I would just figure out if it was city water, city sewer, I didn't have to worry about what was underneath my feet. If it was well and septic, then I did. And then I would just come up with a number and say, man, I'll close it, cash, seven days. It's just to get like title search, get that stuff done. No inspections as is. I could be significantly lower than a lot of other people because in my space, um, I also found a niche. You know, I wasn't competing with these big real estate, these REITs, these companies weren't coming in and buying properties at, you know, three, 400 grand, especially not where I was. You know, I found a, I found a city that had two casinos near it. I knew I'd always have people to rent to. They could be there on bus route, bus lines, bus routes. They get to work through the bus. They were two huge employers. So I just knew like, I'm like 15 minutes from each one. So wherever they work, they could be there in 15 minutes. They're a huge employer. You know, was a, you know, Connecticut was a defense area. So I was 20 minutes away from a lot of those jobs. I was just, I just felt like I was in a really good area that there was always going to be military spending and people are always going to gamble. Always. So I just felt like that's never going to stop. Those aren't going to go out of business. You don't wake up and they go, ah, casinos close or ah, no more military funding. So that seemed, and I like thing, I like a commonsensical approach, right? So, and I also wanted to buy as many of them as I could, as close to each other as I could for servicing because I was the one servicing them. And then again, I think you look at the areas and I made a very conscious decision not to buy in one of the areas. I had no problem. I spent a lot of time there when I was there as a kid. Where I was born was in that actually same area. But I didn't want to buy the properties there because... um, I, I knew the potential of what could happen. A, it was very violent. And, you know, if, I, if you had three kids and you got to pick from all these other places, you probably wouldn't pick there, number one. Um, number two, the way I was going to run it, come and go as I pleased, handle rent, walk in and out when I wanted to, had my own key, give you 24 hours notice. You know, you got to know in life when you're the bigger bear and more importantly, when you're not. And there were areas where I was like, you know what? I don't want to send, you know, I took my kids out with me a lot. Running appointments, collecting rent, problem with the place. I wasn't going to leave them alone. They were four and six. 
you know, was I okay bringing them there? Sure. But if I got to pick and choose, I'd be like, I go over here by myself, not uncomfortable there, not uncomfortable anywhere, pay attention, I'm vigilant, but I just, and also the property values made me nervous because what was happening, what happens in society when you look at, and I studied this when I was in, getting a master's degree in criminal justice and psychology, you'll see like politicians, law enforcement just give up on, give up, man. they just kind of give in. Like, you know what? Here's our city and this area over here really sucks. Like it's violent and it's hard to live in, but we're going to kind of like, you know what? We're going to like stay over here. We'll still get over here and respond to you, but it's going to take us a while. We're kind of going to agree that a lot of the stuff that's going to go on there from a criminal standpoint is going to go on there. And as long as it doesn't come out here, we're going to be okay with it. I mean, that's, that's as old as time. And you can see, go throughout the country and you can live, you can live three miles from a very violent place, but the police presence coming into that, your place or outside of there is different than it is down in there. Cause it's just kind of like, you know what, dude, and we kind of just go, well, we're just going to have to agree that, like, that that's going to happen over there. So for me, you know, I wanted quick police response if somebody needed something. You know what I mean? I, I didn't want contractors to go, yeah, I'm a plumber, dude. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. I ain't going there. You got to understand. And you have to know that, right? So I had all mine within probably, if you took the furthest away, they weren't 12, 14 minutes from each other. So it was very easy when I when I would go out in the first, the fifth, whatever it was, collect rent, I could make my rounds pretty fast. Um, I, I, <clears throat> I mean, it was a long time ago, so I collected rent. Things are very different nowadays. I understand electronically what people do, what they don't do. Um, you know, you just collect insurance premiums door to door too, and I get it doesn't work anymore, but it is harder not to pay somebody when they show up. And just, you know, just, just, just so you know that. Um, so there are a lot of things you'll learn throughout the time that you'll be able to cut, cut away. At. I do think you being a property manager is good. So you understand it. I think you being the guy or the girl that writes the least, the lease, what's the magic of the lease? <laughs> I don't know, dude. The lease is only as good as how hard you're going to enforce it. No matter what it says or doesn't say, you're going to have to enforce it. What that means is you probably should become pretty, um, for me in Connecticut, there was a family relations court. And they handled the 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 civil matters. Um, I got no special treatment, but I treated people fairly. So they knew that number one, I took care of my properties. So if somebody is like, "Well, he's a victim," but it's only because this is happening, dude. My track record said that wasn't true. I videotaped everybody when they moved in. If I got to go there, I videotaped it. If I went to collect rent, I videotaped it. Why? I don't want you to say I said something I didn't say. You know, I just I just didn't. And if you got in my face and it got bad, I want it on video. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like, I'm like, I was defending myself. He did this, he did that. And I'm not, I'm being like, I was, I just did my job. So they learned that I was fair. I wasn't like some, you know, they call them slumlords. I wasn't. I, I didn't abandon the properties for years and tell people to live there and say, hey, screw it, it's on you. I took care of my stuff. I did, I did my job. I very much did my job. And I think that that they appreciated that. So if I had to get to that point, they knew the deal. You know, I did hire an attorney. I think, you know, you find somebody that it becomes a boilerplate deal for them. Um, you know, there are definitely ways to to expedite people leaving. Yes, I get it. You make them uncomfortable. I had to do that used to move people move people's stuff out. I, you know, I had a guy that worked with me who would do that. 
He's like, I'll just move this stuff out, and they're going to arrest me for an illegal lockout. Like his, when I find that apartment manager, he's like, that's my job. I have to get him out of here, and um, they won't be able to get back in. It's a civil matter. And I was like, you know, I'm and I'm over here doing a million other things, but I think that for tenants, you know, um, eviction's not a. I mean, look, like, most most of the people that you know don't want it on the record. People said to me, "Did you did you have Section Eight? You know, I had no problem with Section Eight clients. That wasn't my issue." My issue was how it paid. So you always had to look and say, okay, they'll pay you every month, but they're going to pay you rent and utilities was my experience. So now they give me 900 bucks for a three bedroom, which I go, okay, not so bad, except I'm getting 900 where the tenants paying the utilities. They're 900. I got to pay, or maybe they give me 950. I pay utilities. Well, hell, if you use the heat a lot, or the air conditioning in the summer, that could run 300 bucks a month. Well, hell, now I'm getting 600. You know, so, and then what do you do? You can regulate the heat, regulate the air. It, it just, the numbers didn't work for me in that regard. Um, people people would say, man, well, you can't rent to Section 8 people because, you know, they're not going to take care of the property. I'm like, dude, a lot of tenants don't take care of the property. They don't own it anyway. Whether they're a Section 8 tenant or they're a tenant who's non-Section 8, they don't own it anyway. I own it. So, um, you know, so to give you an idea, it was just, it was a, a juggling act to figure out um, who, you know, what do you collect up front? What do most people do? Do you do first, last, security deposit? What can you do? Do you cut a deal with people? Depends, man. Life's a negotiation. I found some really good tenants that were in a tough spot that I negotiated with and paid, you know, paid me back. And it worked. Um, I'm a gut feeling kind of guy in the way I talk to you. I put a lot of pressure on you during the application process, let you know that this is how I pay my bills. I'm not some part of some big conglomerate and some big company. Even when the money didn't matter to me, like where if none of my tenants paid it, I, was, I, I wouldn't have liked it, but it wouldn't affect my financial. Like I would have lived my life. My kids have been fine, but I still treated it that way. And then I wanted my property manager to treat it that way. Cause once I had a property manager and I had to give him, you know, 10% a month, I wasn't big on some of these guys pay a lot of their money out a month. I'm like, dude, my stuff's tight. I just need you to kind of take the phone calls. If there's a maintenance issue, you know, collect some rent here and there, meet some new people and get them rent, get them in the property. But I don't really need, um, you know, you to, to, it's, it's a pretty well-oiled machine. I just need you to keep, keep it moving, you know? Um, but it was understanding that we had to be smart about it. You know, do you let pets in? You know, I'd suggest you don't, you know, I had a lot of aggravation. You know, I had, I had people that would get bit in the street across my property by a dog that wasn't on my property, was not my tenant's dog, but the people knew I did pretty well when they searched the land card and found out I owned it. And before you know what, I'm getting sued. I'm like, what am I getting sued for? I said to my attorney, he's like, cause the dog bit somebody. I'm like, it wasn't my tenant. It wasn't their dog and it wasn't on my property, you know? I had a guy one day that threw coffee, hot coffee on a dog that wasn't my dog. He wasn't my tenant. My tenant came outside, got involved across street on another property, and the dog he threw the coffee on, which was not my dog, nor my tenant's dog, bit him and ripped one of his fingers off, which he deserved because he dumped hot coffee on. The cops did actually arrested him, I guess, minus a finger, took him to the hospital, arrested him, and actually they still sued me. I had a lady one day who got high drunk, Passed out in the shower, 
got burnt because she passed out and laid in the shower in the heat for God knows how long, didn't wake up. She actually claimed, which I don't even know if this is humanly possible, she claimed that her nipples burnt off. Can't make this up, right? And I guess the going rate, she was like in her 70s, the going rate for nipples are 400 grand a piece because she wanted $800,000. And her tox screen came back and had everything under the sun in it. I mean, you, there was no other drug she could have done. And they were trying to argue the temperature was off like a half a degree. Like, my point is, you got to cover yourself. Insurance is crazy important. I had insurance and everything, man. None of those things I was like sweating because I had good insurance. And I did stuff the right way. I had a guy one day that took his foot behind a toilet, jammed it. The, the His girlfriend up telling on him as hard as he could to put his foot through the tile, which and, which is impressive. And he must have banged it with something to loosen up. And then through the subfloor and then claimed that he fell through the floor and hurt his back because he had a back problem already. And he wanted us to pay for it. It's, it's you know, so, <clears throat> but it, it's, you know, you fight. You know, I remember my insurance company said the first time, I said, uh, what's he want? They said 75 grand. I said, what's our plan? They said, we'll spend a million dollars to not pay him 75. Because the problem with these guys, Sean, is they'll just keep coming. And you did nothing wrong, <clears throat> and we're not going to have that reputation. I was like, but it cost me nothing. You know, and I don't even know what it, where it went. I don't think the guy even pursued it after that when he realized it was the attorney that he hired realized, like, oh, shit, I got to pay a lot of my money. I took it on contingency, and there ain't not nothing there to get down the road, you know. It's also important to have the properties held in the LLC and not to pierce that veil, as my accountant would say. Every one of them, dude. Every single, might be monotonous, might sound crazy, but when somebody does something like that, or God forbid something happens, accidents happen. God forbid something happens. What You know, you didn't mean it. It's icy. Something happened. Wasn't necessarily your fault, but you're, you're going to wish that that property was held you know, in, in, in its own, right? And sovereignly, like it by itself, you know, with nothing else attached to it and with no personal liability of your own. So don't cut corners. Good accountant, good attorney, you know. Um, your numbers are your numbers. It, you know, you should be able to tell and what an allotment should be on your maintenance. Roughly, things will happen. They will go. When you buy them, you got to look at, you know, when, when, when you're in an area, it's cold. You're looking at your, you know, your furnace, your boiler. Hot water heaters aren't all that expensive. They're going to go anyway. Um, your roof. You know, if it's an area that takes water, you know, how solid is everything? Water in the basement sucks. Water in the house sucks. Water's brutal, you know. Um, so I just think it's it's get a good team around you. Um, I made I did very well. It was great. I mean, at my heyday, um, the amount of money coming every month was obnoxious. I never thought I made that kind of money passively. And it became passive. That was paying the property manager his piece every month, paying my attorney to do what he was doing, paying my accountant to do the books. You know, my property manager had a budget with the the maintenance people, you know. So, and all that being said, I wasn't doing anything actively, and I was making good, good money. So, um, you know, that that's a it's a brief overview of everything. There's a lot to get into. I'm going to provide a lot of very specific training on what to do. You know, the emotionality behind an eviction. How do you handle it? How do, what, what do you do? What don't you do? When do you initiate it? What's that look like? You know, what state law where you're at? You know, from a maintenance standpoint, you know, do you, when do you repaint it? The carpets are okay, but they want new. Like, you know, just figuring out what do you do and what don't you do. 
You know, does paint and carpet really make that much of a difference? How much more can you charge? What's going to cost you to put it in? Should you learn to put it in? You know, so there's so much to it, but, um, you know, it's, it's a foundation for you. I'd identify a property. I'd run my numbers on it. I'd look at it. Worst case scenario comps are real. It's not what anybody thinks it's worth. It's what it's worth. They're real. You can pull those. You can get a, find a good real estate agent. Say, hey, listen, man, I'm going to buy them through you. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything as a buyer. That was, I found somebody really good who did a lot of that work for me. And I, I, I made him a lot of money. I bought them all. I mean, weirdly enough, I had got my real estate license. But I was like, you know what? This guy's been doing this forever. Let me get him to, you know, then when I sold them, I sold them. And after a while, I just started buying them my own. But I, I learned from him, you know, um, part of the game too. Connected me to a lot of really good people as well. So it's networking, making those good relationships, the court, the guys and girls do the work, you know, the town. And people will call on you too. Tenant gets mad, they're gonna call and file some kind of complaint. Section eight folks, you know, law enforcement, you know, you 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 know, treat them right. And the cop called me one night, he said, This is who I am, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I, uh, we need to go ahead and go into one of your properties. Can we kick the door down? I was like, no, you can't kick the door down, dude, because I got to fix you. I'm not going to pay to fix it, right? He's like, no. I said, I live 10 minutes away. I'll meet you over there because, hell, I wouldn't probably be entertained anyway and see what's going on over there. And they were raiding it and thought my client, my, client, my tenant, was a big drug dealer. And if he was, he knew they were coming because there wasn't nothing there. But thank God I didn't let him kick the door down and destroy it. But I was still, I was work, I worked with him. I was like, dude, I, you know, he pays the rent. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything weird. I don't know anything else about it. It's not a high traffic area here, but you know, I'm here. Like I'm with you. I'm not, I ain't trying to cause no problems for anybody, but you know, just, just continue to treat people the right way. And you should expect the exact same from them, you know, um, and minimize the heck out of your liability. So, you know, tune in here, please for more. Re- We're going to get real specific. A lot of this stuff answer any questions you got. We're going to do some uh, more regular, very specific, you know, multifamily property investing advice, do's and don'ts, because they're important. But make sure you, you you keep watching. Please here on my YouTube channel, watch the podcast, Punch Me in the Face. Real estate industry is going to punch you in the face. You just got to learn to punch back. And uh, we'll keep giving you a ton of content that we know is pertinent. And uh, as always, I really appreciate your time here at Punch Me in the Face. Thanks, guys.